Welcome to Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, uh, we uh, we practiced a little bit of social distancing and right. uh, did the podcast from our respective home offices. But we talked about the funnel versus flywheel, right? It's a question that we get a lot, you know, talking about how we fill the funnel, how do we generate more leads in the funnel? And uh, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect in terms of what we should really be doing as business leaders, as marketers, as salespeople. Uh, and so if this is your first introduction to the idea of a flywheel, hopefully it, it makes sense. But I have a, a feeling that a lot of you have kind of understood some of these business practices that we talked about today. And it's just time to implement them and understand how we do this from a marketing standpoint. And I guess uh, eliminate the funnel and uh, focus on the flywheel. Taylor, today's topic is flywheel, and I found this mouse pad. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I got more to give away, like three more. I need Just send it in, send in your request. Click funnels. <laughs> so I need a flywheel. That's a, different, that's a different episode. Different episode. <laughs> so again, I think the topic is funnel to a flywheel. I want to talk about a funnel. I want to talk about flywheel. Share your thoughts and how you feel about it. And obviously, as marketers, I was joking around uh, internally that every if you ever listen to a marketing agency give you uh, what they're going to do, they talk about the funnel. So yeah. there's probably never a company that will not talk about the funnel, right? It's the ultimate thing. I've probably made a thousand videos of funnel. So it's hard to just visualize something else when you've been taught one way. So I guess let's kind of like break that down. What's a funnel and what's a flywheel and, uh, you know, our thoughts about that. Right. So I think, um, like you said, the the easiest way to visualize it is kind of as a funnel, because when you look at the overall buyer's journey, you kind of assume that they're moving down in a funnel and at the bottom of the funnel is sales, right? So like normal funnel would be like marketing at the top. Once marketing is done, it hands it off to sales. And then once it's done with sales, they become a customer. And so then if you have, if you're a service-based business, for example, then you know, you have customer service and all that kind of stuff, right? Whereas the flywheel, the customer, rather than being at the bottom of this kind of funnel, which seems like a crude uh, analogy, right? When you look at it there, the customer right there, as you see, if you're watching this on uh, on YouTube, you can see Solomon's holding up his uh, keypad, a, key, a mouse pad that says customers is in the center, right? So the customer is in the center and then everything revolves around the customer. So marketing, sales, service. And the idea here is that inbound marketing or using leveraging a flywheel is more of a fundamental shift in your approach to doing business, putting the customer first and focusing on improving your overall customer experience and end, right? So if you're doing that, that's where you see that flywheel and it's uh, it's a cyclical event, right? Rather than a one-time experience of bringing someone through this funnel and then you sell them and then, you know, we pop the champagne and, and that's it, right? The, the deal is over you did your job, changing that fundamentally in terms of the way that you approach treating your customers and providing an end-to-end customer experience that is a delightful process for them to go through. That's really, I guess, you know, the fundamentals or the one-on-one, if you will, of what a flywheel is. Yeah. And I think that we all say that we're customer-centric, but act otherwise, right? So, and I think in inbound, and I've, I've made, I think, a, a video recently about when you you know actually decide to work with somebody, you close the deal, whatever you want to call it, 
That's the first step towards a long-term relationship. You know, the relationship just started. If you thought all the things that you did was relationship to get there, you know, that's just the beginning. It's the first step. So technically, you got to now sell to the customers, right? Right. Just as you are trying to sell to people that are not customers. So I think it's customer-centric is easier said than done. Not many people actually put the customer first. Well, and then you look at it in individual departments, right? So if you uh, if you hold your mouse pad up again yeah. uh, and you see the different sections of the flywheel, right? So there's the customers in the middle and then marketing, sales, and service all around it. So no matter what kind of business you're in, this is what yours would look like, right? You're servicing your customers. Even if you're e-commerce, it's a, right. and you're shipping them the product and you want to give them the best possible product. You want to have shipping, good shipping times, turnaround times, all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't matter what serv- what business you're in, whatever business you're in, you have customers in the middle, then you have marketing, sales, and service. Yep. Now, what I think the difficult part, like you said, about just saying it and then adapting it is that each of those individual categories or pieces of the funnel have their own objectives, right? The marketing department has their own metrics and KPIs they're trying to track. Sales team, same thing. Service department, same thing. So if you don't adapt this, and this is why I say it's a business decision, not a marketing campaign, is because you're going to lose out on those. And let me give you an example. Let's just talk about marketing, right? Because that's the world that we live in. Marketers, once we discovered inbound marketing and digital marketing, it was like, okay, how many visitors do I have to my website? How many leads did I generate? MQLs, marketing qualified leads. What did I do to turn those MQLs into SQLs? And then how many quality opportunities did I hand off to my sales team? And then the sales team had a whole other set of metrics of how many appointments they had and how many demos they gave and then how many deals they closed and what was the value of that. And I think shifting to this flywheel, if you do it the right way, fundamentally, you're going to lose a lot of those metrics on the top end, right? right on the top of the funnel, because you're eliminating the funnel. The funnel no longer exists. And the idea of creating a better end-to-end user experience, likely what that would look like is you're not asking download their email address or, hey, you want to watch this very valuable video that I put together for you? Uh, Well, first, I need you to input your email address and then I'm going to send it to you. And then when you click on it, you can watch it. But throughout the video, I'm also going to pitch you on my services and offer you to schedule a meeting with a sales rep. I think you're going to eliminate that piece of it, right? And the whole idea is that There is no more funnel. There's no top of the funnel. There's no middle of the funnel. There is only, I'm going to provide you as much value as I can and educate you throughout the process. And when you're ready to make a purchase, we're going to be here to help facilitate that, right? So there's really only bottom of the funnel. So you're going to drive a lot of traffic to your website or independent web properties. I think you're going to start to stop looking at just your website traffic. And you're going to look at traffic to your social profiles, engagement on platforms like YouTube. You're going to look at shares, all those kind of things, right? The more value that you're providing in a natural way where it's actually easily accessible to your audience, the more you're going to start building that brand awareness and that the more educated your user is, if you're selling a product or service that you believe is valuable, the more education you do to them, the more likely they are to actually implement or purchase what you're trying to sell, right? Because if you believe what you're selling is valuable, that's what you're trying to do in the sales process anyway, is educate them and communicate to them on why this is going to be of value to them. So fundamentally, from a marketing standpoint, if you can do that in the marketing process, there is no funnel. And that's where you move to this flywheel sort of a, you know, implementation and sort of, I guess, again, business structure. But if the whole business isn't bought into that, right, 
when you're trying to do that individually, you know, the marketing team is trying to do it. And then, you know, the senior leadership, the marketing side or the CEO or the sales team is like, well, where are our leads? You know, where's our webinar attendees and where's our ebook downloads? Because it's not going to happen overnight that you, you move, remove all your gated content, you remove all those top of the funnel leads and you don't have any metrics. You're going to have to buy in and uh, kind of pay your dues until you see end result. And I think because you're removing all of this metrics, like you mentioned, and you're creating it to be where you truly are just, you know, you're just happy to be able to share this stuff and you want as many people to consume it and you know it will pay off on the back end. I think you'll struggle up, up front a little bit, but I think you would make a lot of sense in the long run because customers yeah. will truly know that you have their best interest. And also when they become a customer too, you go a long, lot longer. Hey, how can I help you use my product? Do you need any training? Do you, right? Can we do a demo to your other people that, you know, may use this tool and that all changes rather than saying, you know, you need to pay 15% for support. You need to do this, you need to do that. And all of a sudden it just sort of becomes like, hey, how do I help them adopt this thing that they really bought, but they may not be using it. It changes the whole thing completely. Yeah. And I think if you look at it, I love the fact that, you know, we've adapted this idea of a flywheel. And the thing I love about it is that it is a wheel, right? And so if you think about it in terms of a wheel and you think about your business, the end-to-end customer journey, customer experience, right? Everything from when they first understand who you are, see your first kind of marketing material or collateral out there, all the way to, you know, they've been a customer for 10 years. You want that to be a seamless experience all the way through. And so mm. that's where it's less of, hey, go from this part of the funnel to this part and then jump over here and then go down here. It's it's a wheel, right? And so if you think about a wheel, it needs to be perfectly symmetrical and it needs yeah. to be able to roll, right? And if you look at it in that sort of capacity, in that light, and you say, okay, how fast can we roll this wheel, right? How fast can we spin this? Are there any? Is there anything stopping us? Is there any friction in the wheel that's slowing us down? And you apply that to each of those different business units, just like you said, okay, when we hand off from marketing to sales, when we hand off from sales to service or fulfillment, what does that process look like? Are we hitting the brakes or are we able to kind of spin this? And how many customers can we add into this, right? How fast can we really spin this? And what happens when we spin this? And I know you had a, a, you know, sort of a a good analogy we've talked about in the past in terms of the momentum of what happens when you have a, a spinning wheel as well. Yeah, well, and I think that comes with automation, which is kind of what we talk about a lot offline and maybe not enough online is if you could figure out, again, those areas that you have breaks that you can't really grow and scale as you thought. Right. And and I think everybody has the challenge that you can only have enough work for the people that you might have or the hours that you can build. Everybody has limitations in terms of capacity. Well, how do you overcome that, right? How do you overcome that? It's probably through technology. How do you automate the handoff from sales to marketing to sales? How do you automate from support, right? Or sales to support. And if they have a challenge, how do we bring that to our attention faster? Like just being able to have more systems in place to tell us what our clients are doing or thinking, maybe it's sending feedback to our existing customers. I mean, if you really want to follow this model, you cannot, like you said, work independently and not share information between departments, right? Yeah. So I don't know how many people know this, but you're selling to the client even after they bought the product. You're still selling them. The sales never ends. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads 
to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic. for today. Right. Well, and I think that's actually an important piece when we talk about you're still selling them because it's kind of it's a it's a bit contradictory, right? Because the the flywheel, the inbound methodology is that you're really you're helping, you're not selling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have to understand what we're really doing. Everything that you're doing is you're selling, right? That's the whole reason. I mean, you're you're selling somebody on something. You're selling right. them on an idea and you're selling them a product or service. I mean, you're trying to make money. There's a reason that you're in business, right? Correct. But what you're not doing is the old traditional way of sales where it's, let me just spit a bunch of information at you, talk about all these features and benefits, and then kind of that greasy uh, sort sales. Of sales yeah shtick that, that happens, right? It's, let me help you make your decision, and uh, I'm going to educate you and help you along the way and really empower you as the, as the decision right. maker, as the as customer. I'm going to empower you to go through this process, right? And then the flywheel aspect of that function is to, again, to be a, a continuous wheel that, that spins and that is, is greased up and ready to go and has no friction right. uh, from part of the process to the next part. Because like you said, everything in the marketing side, you're you're facilitating that sales process. The, the sales part, obviously, you're getting them to negotiate and sign the contract. And then it needs to be a continuous cycle to go on to service where you're continuing to educate and nurture them. That's really when the, the real work starts. Yeah. Whereas a lot of organizations I know, that's when their job is done, right? Because it, it's a lot of work, let's be honest, to put together a marketing strategy, messaging campaign that reaches your target audience, brings them into understanding who your, your brand is and who your company is and the value you can bring to them, get them to raise their hand and say, hey, I'm willing to have a conversation with these guys because I think there's something here. I don't know exactly what yet, but I think there's something here. And then bring the sales team in and, and having, you know, SDRs and AEs and product demos and you know building out custom quotes and then finally they've agreed to the solution and they're going to pay you. It took a lot of work, a lot of effort, and a lot of money to make that happen. And I think a lot of companies that's where they stop. When you the most successful companies, that's really where you know things start happening. It's like okay, now now it's time to really blow these guys away and uh, show them what you know they made the right decision, right? And that's really the, again, the philosophy and the methodology of implementing the flywheel is that it is a continuous cycle and that over time it's going to build momentum and it's going to grow because the better that you provide a better customer experience end to end, the more likely you're going to get word of mouth referrals, upsell, cross-sell opportunities, the more value that you add to them, likely the, the better your company is going to succeed in the long run. And I think the key word is delight. Delight, that's right. right. I know you need yeah. to share something about delight. I mean, like yeah, you said, yeah, everybody needs to work on delighting that client. And that's, like you said, the magic starts after they sign the dotted lines. It's not really right. where it ends. 
Yeah. And if, if you could take one thing away from this, right, about, okay, how do I implement this into my organization, this flywheel, this idea of, you know, inbound methodology, however you want to phrase it, that's it. It's delight. It's how do we make this a better customer experience? And if you, every decision that you're making for your company starts with that, how do we provide better results, better experience for our customers, more value to our customers? Um, this is going to you know, naturally happen because that's the idea behind it. If, you're, if your thought process is how do we make more money off these clients or how do we you know, increase our, like I said, increase sales you know, quarter over quarter or how do we generate more leads? Uh, I think you're asking the wrong question, right? It's right. how do, okay, what are, what are our clients looking for? Where's the gap in the industry, gap in the market? What are we providing them today that's of value? How do we make that better? Really, what are they trying to accomplish, right? Whatever you're offering, whatever you're selling, if you're, if you're in business, you're selling something that makes their life better or easier, uh, provides some sort of value to them, right? So you look at either how do you improve that or how do you even pivot it even further and have a fundamental shift of how do we stop doing this completely, right? If you're, you make a product uh, that like you talked about automation, right? So this would be a good example. It's like, okay, we, uh, we create a product that makes you do this task, you know, a hundred times faster, right? That might be valuable to some people, but probably be more valuable if someone never had to do that task again, right? And then they're now freeing up that time when they're thinking about doing that task and they can think about doing something else, right? So you're not selling them the opportunity to do that task faster. You're changing the way that they're doing their job because they don't have to do that task at all. They can focus on something completely different. So just focus on adding value in right. every stage of your, your business and the money will follow because people will pay for uh, what provides value to them. No, absolutely. And, and long story short, this is not just, you know, it's easier said than done. That's, that's what it is. And I think it's a, sure. it's a shift in the entire company and having information that could be shared. I don't know how many companies we talk to, Taylor, the salespeople don't know what the marketing company department is doing and the marketing doesn't know what service department's doing. A customer service is a different system managed by a different team. There's no shared information. So you couldn't even tell if somebody's frustrated, right? You can't even go take that back to the marketing department to create different type of content. They don't talk to each other. Well, again, I think it comes, it, when you say it's easier said than done, I agree and I disagree at the same time, right? Because it's like, once you understand what you're trying to do, then it all falls into place. It's easy. Sure. When you try to piece it together, that's when it doesn't work. But when you understand, you know, just the word that you said, delight, if you, if you say, hey, as a company, we're gonna have a meeting, CEO, we're gonna talk to everybody, forget about everything that we've been tracking and measuring up until this point, let's start from scratch and build our own metrics all around providing more value to our client and our products and services from our, you know, our R&D department or whatever, however your business is, you know, managed, we're going to focus on creating products and services that provide the most value to our client with the seamless customer experience. Right. Marketing, same thing. Forget about, you know, I don't care if you don't get enough, you know, top of the funnel MQL leads, you know, forget about those metrics, create content that is going to educate our audience on our product and service and help them do their job better. Right. Focus on creating content for our industry, for our target personas that helps them do their job better uh, while educating them. Right. So there's a difference in marketing that, you know, you want them to see and marketing that they, your customer actually wants to see. Right. And so when you change that, then you wouldn't even consider doing something that would be a gated piece of content because they might, you're going to miss out on so many people. And how many people are going to see that Facebook ad or 
see that you know link that's been shared on social media and think about filling out the form, but then they don't want to fill out the form, right? They never even got a chance to see the content that you thought you created, you worked so hard to create that was so valuable to them because you wanted them to you know, put their email in. So how many of those opportunities are, are being missed? And that's where I say that there is no top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, if you really embrace this the right way, because it's, I'm going to educate, I'm going to create as much value. And then when you're ready to buy, you're going to, you're going to raise your hand and we'll start the decision. We'll start that, you know, buying process, but the education piece, I'm going to give it to you for free. Right. And also what I was saying is how they need to share the information across organization about the client. Right. Right. So most of the time, the shipping department's doing their own thing and we don't even know if it's the same client, the value of the client, how much is this client worth? That information is completely closed up. You talk about gated content. I think it's gated information. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's, and that's the piece too, is like, that's why I say, as soon as you understand what you're trying to do, I think right. it is easy because you you would lose those gaps, right? Because Correct. you would say, well, you know, what would this look like if it was easy? Well, let's go talk to, like you said, the shipping department, see right. what, what their problems are. Let's go talk to customer service because people are complaining about our, our products. Right. Our packaging, whatever. I want to know what they're saying, right? Yes. Or let's go talk to the sales team and see what kind of questions they're getting that we can answer. We can turn into a video series or we can turn into a blog post. Um, because people are asking a lot of questions to our salespeople and they have those answers. Um, but we're over here making, you know, ebooks and webinars that we think people are going to download. Right. So that's where I think that disconnect would go away if everyone is bought in, but yeah, it doesn't happen by accident. It takes a a concerted effort by the entire organization. And that's always been the way there's just never been a, a name for it. Right. If you look at companies that have been in business for 60, 70, 80 years, it's because they provide a great, customer experience and people like doing business with, right? right? And so we work with so many manufacturing companies, right? That are been in business for 60, 70, 80 years, like I just said, and they don't have a, they don't have a marketing department. Strategy. They don't have a CRM. They don't have a marketing team. And to us initially, when we started working with these type of companies, it's like, well, how have you gone about getting business, right? Like how did this even happen? Because we work with so many, if you look at a, a software company, a SaaS company today, they're essentially, they have like developers and they have marketing and sales. Like that's their entire organization, right? And that's how they grow and scale. Everything is about education, marketing, sales. But if the same thing come, what happens is if they don't provide a good experience and they don't have a good software, then there's Doesn't friction matter. there, then it's not, gonna ha- it's not gonna matter, right? And the reason those companies have been successful and the reason somebody that would say, hey, I've been in business for 60 years, I don't need a marketing strategy, I don't need a website, it's not necessarily true, but the reason they believe that is because what we're talking about with this flywheel, they have already embraced. Years Everything ago. Everything they do is about the customer. Right. And they have to rely so much on that because they don't have a marketing and sales Correct. team, right? Everything they have built is based on, we just provide the best possible customer experience. Good things will happen. Our customers will stay. They'll order more from us. They'll pay more for it because it's a higher quality. And they're going to tell their, their peers and their colleagues and friends and family about us. And we're going to you know, organically grow that way. So all we're talking about is doing that on steroids. Exactly. I like that. That's a great analogy because it's almost as if it didn't exist. What would we have done if we didn't have marketing and sales? What would we have done, right? right? How would we take care of our clients? I'm sold. (laughs) Where do I sign? All right. Absolutely. Send me a DocuSign. uh, Yeah. I mean, I think this is, uh, this has been good. You know, we do get a lot of questions about people asking, you know, 
the funnel, the flywheel, right. obviously HubSpot is a, a great partner of ours and they are kind of on the forefront of coining these different terms and tech, you know, phrases. And so uh, there are a lot of questions that come up and, you know, is the, is the funnel dead, right? Should I eliminate the funnel? Is the MQL dead, right? It's right. all conversational marketing, uh, but it's all leading back to the same thing. And these have been core fundamentals. Like I said, that businesses that have survived and thrived over the years have always embraced this is like they put the customer first. Uh, so this shouldn't be a, a huge shock to a lot of people, but it's okay. Now that, now that we're doing it this way and the customer is first, how do we make it better? And then how do we make it spin? How do we make it spin faster? Exactly. And I really, truly believe in that momentum part. Like you have no idea. And we've yeah. done this with our own business, how we're able to make it go faster in Having a small marketing and sales department, how do you actually grow to the level where we're not trying to add hundreds and thousands of people? We needed to be efficient and we want to actually take care of the client. So I think I've been a firm believer of using technology and automation and data and all the good things that we have uh, and let computer do some of that heavy duty work. I think, I think we should call it the uh, the snowball method. Yeah, I like that. that there you go. We're going to change it, the it snowball. It rolls down the hill and it, it starts collecting more and more snow and it grows and grows and grows. And I think that's that's really what happens when you do it the right way. We've officially changed it to the snowball. Snowball. <laughs> Buy that domain. Exactly. Snowball. It. All right. Well, any final thoughts, Taylor? This has been great. No. Yeah. I appreciate uh, everyone tuning in here. As if you're watching, you can see uh, Solomon and I are at our homes. Uh, it's the home edition. Quarantine, self, uh, self-isolating, uh, yes. practicing social distancing here. So um, if the, the audio is not as crisp as it, it typically is, we apologize, but uh, we're adapting to these times and, and we're doing our best. So appreciate you guys tuning in and hope you enjoyed. All right. That's it for today. See you guys next time. 